friends at Survivor.com. It's me, Mario. <laughs> you guys, number one. It's Survivor's Friendly Fire Show, episode 218 for the start of November 2022. I am one of your co-hosts, Steve Wright, and joining me, as always, is my friend and yours, co-host Ben Salter. Uh, I said, what's up before, and you said, fine. And I don't think that works, but what's up? Uh, it would. It's a classic situation when someone says, you know, the person's like, enjoy your drink at the bar, and you say, you too, or something. You're like, oh, no, wrong. Did the wrong thing. The default answer was wrong. Do you do so, that yeah. and then just kind of like walk away being like, no, I've already you've lost. You've got to walk away. Oh, no, I do the weird yeah. bumbling like, oh, uh, uh, <laughs> but you, but it's not because you will <laughs> okay, have, have a good one. And then I think it's worse doing what I do, to be honest. Yeah, that's but the I never Canadian change. way, I think. Yeah. You've got to be like super polite. So we just walk away in shame. I think it happens more with food. Like you're, you're getting a sandwich or something or like something that's quick to buy. And then you're kind of thinking they're just going to say like, have a good day or something like the standard end to a conversation. And they throw you off with like, enjoy your meal or something. And you've already been, you like your brain's queued up the you too. Anyway. But it's like a, oh, I will. Is that like better or like kind of creepy or arrogant? Yeah, what are you going to say? What are you Hey, like, thanks. Or like, well, I expect to. I've paid good money for this. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. If, it, if I don't like it, you will expect a letter to your manager. Just go the yeah. full Karen, I guess. I don't know. Let's not do that. Yeah, you gotta, um, you speaking of that. going yeah. full Karen, have, have you needed to go full Karen on anything resembling internet service providers or NBN provisioners? Like, what is your final, hopefully, internet update? This ben? is the... The final one, Steve, you should feel the power of fiber coming straight through you because there's no wire, well, there's no wireless for me at least and to getting to you. I think it's all wired to you as well. We're fully connected by full wire to this point because uh, I've got my house wired up to a small degree. So I no longer have to park like 20 centimeters away from my router and dodge it on a stall because that's where MBN said they had to install their thing. I had to get a guy to come and install it into my house, which is a real nightmare in a two-story house, it turns out, where the garage isn't connected to your house. Like it's, it looks like the same house, but there's like there's no connection at all. So they got to take off like roof tiles, and it's a whole thing. Um, but he did it, and then he couldn't get. I I got that then wired to my office where I am now, which is why I'm fully wired here. And then I was like, could you just do one downstairs as well? And then both my Xboxes and both my TVs with consoles on them can be fully wired. And he tried, and he broke his thing in the wall because it's like there's brick in there or something. Like I can't get through the the level. Um, and then was very much like, well, if you really want to, we can like do an external cable from the top to the bottom story. And I left it. And then I just used like a, a second router as like an AI mesh. And it's it's like perfect because they're so close, like just like they're directly like opposite each other on different floors. It's like giving me almost perfect Wi-Fi coverage. So that's my hot tip for this week. If your console, I would say definitely Xbox, probably PlayStation as well, and certainly Switch have pretty poor Wi-Fi receptors. So even if you have like a second, like some type of mesh system, whatever it is, uh, Azus lets you just use any or any recent-ish router as a second point. You can use that for your access and then plug in your consoles and it works like so much better than just using the console's direct uh, Wi-Fi. So obviously cabling would be better, but if you want to do that, that actually solved a big problem for me. So that's my hot tip for this week. Yeah, I think it's 
signal strength isn't the problem. I think it's more like ping when you're doing like Wi-Fi connections that really gets you. Um, yeah, definitely. And if you're a multiplayer person, obviously that's important. But also, like, I just feel like having a wired connection just generally works a little bit faster when you're yeah generally. downloading things. And I have a so is, where's your um where's your NBN router? Is it now in your house, like inside your house and not in your garage? The, so the NBN box. If you get fiber, they install a box to the wall. If you get, I don't know what you get. I can't remember what HFC is. If you get fiber to the curb you get like a little box which isn't connected to the wall that says on it like do not take from property um every house i've ever moved into that's needed that the previous tenant has taken it with them and then i have to talk to mbn and be like send me one of those boxes um so you don't get that with fiber you get one on the wall that's still in the garage miles away yeah and there's just a point from there and a point upstairs in the middle of my house which is where the router now is okay. so i get like perfect wi-fi so we have HFC, which is like on a box in the wall, which then connects to the router in the garage, and the the router in the garage can't be moved without NBN getting involved. So then that's like in the wall to the router. Anyway, this is getting yeah. into too technical of a podcast for a non-fact-based show. But I'm very proud that you mm. finally, like after, what, three months or so, have sorted this... Several months. And absolutely, my fiber to the curb was garbage because... Every multiplayer game I'd play, I was getting decent at speeds. Like, I was pretty close to the 100 max you could get. But I was always having, like, noticeable lag. And I would get in, like, games like COD gives you a packet burst and packet loss warning. Constantly getting it. And turns out, like, the thing under my house where that's in is, like, full of just nonsense. And, like, the copper wire was atrocious. So that's why that was so bad. And that's probably why there were some dodgy episodes of this podcast previously. Muddy copper. Wow. We'll, we'll get into the Call of Duty-ness of it all very shortly because it is the start of November. But before we do that, uh, you, mm. you've made note, and rightfully so, that uh, Elon Musk is now CEO of Twitter and is already on Twitter calling people lords and peasants and trying to spruik a, an $8 a month verification blue mm. tick and other things clause. Uh, does this make you want to... I'm not verified. Survivor's not verified. Tragic no, shame peasants. in that. Are you? No. Uh, well, I bring this up because at the end of every show, we normally say you can find us on Twitter. Soon you might not be able to because this reminds me of what happened to Dig. Remember mm. Dig? It was like yep. Reddit before Reddit. And they suddenly tried to monetize basically and then everyone just left immediately and it went like it just died. Dig died. Yeah. Uh, kind of feel like there isn't the same it's not quite the same situation in that there's no reddit equivalent for twitter there's no obvious that's where all these people would go because it's so different to the other social channels very like the others are so visual this is totally text-based um so i'm not sure but yeah it's got that kind of feel about it that people are going to jump off or they're threatening to uh Nibel, one of the biggest gaming tweeters quit immediately basically um and he pretty much just said, you know, I've never made any money from this. Like if I was on TikTok or YouTube, this is not what he said. This is the, this is the gist of it. It's kind of like, Paraphrase. I never figured it out. My pension didn't work out. Uh, so I'm, I'm not going to put any more time into this. Like it's just going to get worse. It's a sinking ship. And I think a lot of people are feeling that way. To answer your question, would I pay $8? So what's that going to be? 12 bucks Australian a month for a tick? No. Um, well, it's like $69 I... a year in, a, in American, which I feel like is... A joke in itself, Whatever, yeah. but anyway. I don't, what I don't get is, if I kind of get his point that it's created a class divide, 
but making people pay for it just reinforces the class divide. Well, especially like when you people- say lords and peasants, like it's like, hey, peasants, give money to the the mm. richest lord in the world or one of them to become yeah. a lord yourself. So pad my wallet. And and yeah. the weird thing and is, he- like, he wants the money because he spent forty million on Twitter to make Elliot. it. Sorry, yes, to make it a uh a free speech centric platform which means like come on nazis say what you want but also the advertisers are like no we don't want that so he's like oh we need to make money in a different way so he's trying to like pander to both sides of this weird argument or like situation that don't equate at all and it's just going to fail surely yeah, I mean, and like Twitter Blue has never really made sense to me. That's their current subscription, and you can pay actually quite recently to be able to edit your stuff, which I think is again, I think that's a bit dodgy. Like it should be either open to all or none that type of feature. Just not be able to edit on Twitter. Yeah, that's been <laughs> one of its features for ages. Um, and then like I think you can post longer videos and some other stuff like that. So there probably is something people would subscribe for, but I don't think it's this. And if they want to have a, a clear, ver- like the verification tick isn't about you verifying who you are anymore. It's about, it is a status symbol uh, for certain people. I think the average user doesn't care, but it, it puts your tweet up higher. If you look at a thread, the ticks people always top, like it, it's useful. Like you couldn't really make it without that type of thing. So why didn't they just change it to its, if they, that was their motive is we want to get rid of the spammers. We want to make people more accountable for what they're saying, get rid of the bots. Um, just let any person who proves who they are with an ID check somehow get a tick. As in, it's nothing about your status that you're a public symbol or anything. It's just we've verified that you're a real person and this is who you are. That's it. Uh, but that's it's not what it's about at all. It's about making money. Yeah, and I'm not going to get on this. I'm not going to harp on this. But uh, the last time I tried to get Survivor verified, it was like, give us three articles that are dictating, you know, mm. like showing that you're in the, the public discourse and da, 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 da. and like from other from other websites you can't link yourself i'm like okay that's easy so there was like an ign article that like just completely took most of our quotes from an interview with phil spencer the one time there was like a game smart article that had our uh breaking news of like the 2k nba whichever 2k it was that was doing like in-game ads and videos like we had we had all these pieces of evidence they're like nah you're not you're not noteworthy enough I'm like oh, okay well I guess I've dodged a, yeah. an $8 or $20 bullet if, if you would have believed originally. Doesn't matter now. So. And it wasn't just you. I, was, I can't remember who it was. There was another podcast I listened to recently who was quite a big US or something. Some One of the many countries, which is bigger than Australia. Uh, same problem. Like, big following. Certainly a noteworthy um, outlet or person, whoever it was. And just kept getting knocked back. And I think it was just how they were completing the form or something. But, like, they're so picky and choosy. Like, now it doesn't matter. <laughs> the the real kicker is I had the the distribution list that sends press releases to like every survivor contact that wants one in in our staff of course uh, as the Twitter email so when I got rejected for the verification it didn't just go to me it went to like everybody that's attached I'm like oh that's embarrassing but you know yes. it happens it doesn't Let's matter soon in a week Twitter won't exist so this will be a, a distant memory. Yeah, quite we'll funny. have to go old school again. 
maybe you can find us again on the forums. Like that's how it used to be. That's where I used to be. So should I make a MySpace account again or something? Should should I? Mm, you can't go backwards. You got to get on the next thing. They use these days. I don't even use internet browsers, so I don't know how they're reading your content. They just go to TikTok. Like you got to TikTok it, Steve. Get I'm, to the point. Yeah, I'm too old to do TikTok. I I would contemplate Snapchat, but even I think I've I'm too old for that, and also no one cares. So yeah. Find us on Truth Social? No, you're not going to find us on Truth Social. Can't even say it out loud. We're not going on that. Mm. Don't worry. Uh, No segue exists to take us from Truth Social to anything of value. So let's not try. And instead, we'll just talk about (laughs) Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. That's right. It's it's a, a confusing one in that you may have played this game in 2009. And I did have a little cheeky stab at this in the review. Uh, in an outbox, so you knew it wasn't part of the review. They've given it exactly the same name, Steve, and that is tricky because as much as we know what's going on, I had a couple people, so two people, but that was enough to bring it to That's my That's a couple people. Saying, that is by oh, definition a I, couple people. In in real life, saying, I have I heard they're remaking Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. That was one of my favorites back in the day. Like, no, they're not. But I can see why you thought that. You just heard the title. It seems if you're not that attuned to it and you're not following games to the degree we are and probably most of our listeners are, you probably wouldn't notice. Well, and they're using the names of the people, so it's even more confusing. Soap's back. Uh, Price was in the last game. Yes, so that's that's there. Some of the characters are here. Some of the loose themes are here. Totally different game. Uh, Overall, I think it's pretty good. It's got a mixed reception online, but I quite like it. I think you need to look at the campaign and multiplayer kind of separately, but kind of as one in that they're, they're intertwined, but they did a weird thing this year in that they released the campaign a week early, which I think was a great idea because a lot of people, so many COD developers over the years have told me like no one and pretty much no one from their player base finishes the campaign and only a small amount are even started. Uh, and I think that improved over the years, but they, I think giving it some time in the limelight really helped. Yeah. Um, it's just good fun. Like the shooting's good. I think what it does well, it does well, and it's classic COD. Uh, what it tries to do differently in that injecting some stealth sequences and trying to do a few things a little differently to mix up the pacing, and it has like sporadic pacing. It's all over the place, and I like that. Like it's it's not the clear build up to now just the big action sequence. And of course, no spoilers here. There's a helicopter crash. That's classic bottom warfare. It's in the rule book that you have to have at least one. Uh, but it's not as obvious as previous games and it's not as kind of like build up to here's the epic firefight and here's the big scale battle. Like they're all in there, but it moves a bit. Um, I think you would have played the first few missions where you're like underwater for a while and it's it's a lot slower. Um, and I think a lot of people didn't like that. Like it's it doesn't flow like some of the other games. But I, I like that it was a little bit different. But that's also where it loses a little bit. Well, um, it the, the takeaway that I have, and I've only played the first three missions is that it's like absolutely gorgeous. And I'm not sure what it looks looks like on an Xbox One or a PS4, but on a Series X, like even just loading into the very first kind of like prologue mission with like the rocks to each side mm. of you and a little narrow kind yeah, of passageway. It's so pretty. Um I'm liking the shooting so far. It's it's I've kind of I don't think I've run into like the the no Russianness of it all. But in the first mission, where like you do night vision quite a lot of the time, I restarted mm. the campaign because I didn't like what I'd done in terms of, uh, like, let's just say shooting a civilian. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about by trying to be vague about it. Because um, I was just Twitch 
like reflexing. So you go into a, a room and you kill someone who is aggressive and a soldier. And then there's someone who I just immediately shot because person in my way must be a bad guy and thought, oh, okay, maybe I could do this differently. Maybe I can hold my weapon up or like try to negotiate or something like in whatever confines this game has. And I replayed it a second time and, and the person that I'm talking about just immediately pulled a handgun from like behind their back and started shooting at me. And I'm like, oh, okay, I guess I just have to kill you. And I'm not sure how I feel about mm. that. I'm not sure how like if that extends into the campaign or not, but it kind of had me feeling a little bit weird. Um, but I get like it's a shooting game. Like you just shoot everything. I don't know like how much I actually care in the end. It was just kind of something that I noticed early on. Yeah, it's not a hugely common theme, but it's certainly part of them trying to show that humanity of war of things like it's not just soldier versus soldier. It's people get caught up in this and people are forced to take sides and that type of thing. So I think that's what they're trying to show there. They did that in the last Modern Warfare as well. Uh, and yeah, I think they're intentionally trying to be somewhat confronting. A lot of players probably wouldn't notice that to the degree you did. I think they would kind of just shoot, you know, see person shoot and move on. Um, and yeah, I think they're probably careful about it. But overall, I think it's a good campaign. They kind of get to a point a bit later where they they add in things like crafting, which don't really fit. Um, and there's a pretty dodgy vehicle sequence. But it's not used to oh, a lot. That's... They kind of jump between these things. Yeah. You Standard. probably saw it somewhere. <laughs> Sorry. That is, this is an especially bad one. Oh, okay. uh, besides those, a couple of dud missions. Besides that, the rest are really good. Uh, the prettiest mission, actually, by far, I just said it was the rocks, but it's actually the one set in Amsterdam because that's the one that everyone showed. Um, it looks like I kind of wish I could just walk around for a little bit there. There's everyone, you know, yelling at you to move on, like, get on with the mission. I just want to look around. Also, a strange amount of, like, VHS players in this game, so many, um, and the VCR double combos. I've got so many screenshots of them, which I don't have anything to do with. I just took because I thought, isn't that strange for a game called Modern Warfare? There must be an in-joke somewhere. Um, but, yeah, overall, I think it's a good campaign. If you like COD campaigns, you'll like this one. If you don't normally play them, it won't change your mind on them. So it's it's decidedly not a remake of the original Modern Warfare 2 campaign. The thing that I like, I'm yes. just trying to think of like the stuff that happened in it. And there was obviously like the big twists, which we'll refrain from talking about just in case there's anything connected. We're not talking about story. But I recall like dudes with like really heavy armor that would like just walk out on the field and be like a pain to kill it is stuff like that existing in this new campaign or is it kind of like in name only they that those exact dudes basically exist the big heavy armor guys um but in a different way like they're not they don't really come out in that big battle sequence anymore they're more in your slow down methodical you need to dodge them stealth or whatever it is style missions and there's not a great deal of those and they're the ones that don't really land that well um, but that's why they use it. They kind of use them as the, we need someone who's going to be tough, like one-on-one -on -one against you, as opposed to you've just mur murdered 10 goons, which just went down easy. So yeah, those archetypal enemies are always in this type of games. Okay. And were you playing on what difficulty were you uh, tackling? Veteran. Always veteran. Every card I play veteran. The hardest one that I've ever done is Call of Duty 2. Uh, which is you get the full thousand game score just for finishing that game on veteran, and that's the hardest game I've ever played. That's definitely the hardest achievement I've ever gotten. Um, because back then, give it a try, Steve. It's back compat. I think I have. It's impossible. Oh. That game is. It's because it's back when 
like grenades would just spawn on you and you would checkpoint like into a hole where you couldn't move anywhere and there was just no way around it besides like restart the whole mission. Um, this this campaign is so much easier than that. And a lot of that is because there's a few paths you can take. Like even in that underwater mission, you can go a few different directions. It's not as linear as those old CODs. Uh, a few missions do kind of bring it back to that, but they've purposely tried to make it a bit more open. And I think you kind of feel like this is one segment of a larger battle that you're not seeing. Uh, and it, it maybe feels a little bit less kind of epic moment because of that. But what's there is it's a lot more fun to play, I think. Something that I noticed in the underwater bit, I think it's level three, maybe might be two, is that you could kind of break line of sight from people and like eventually they would just not be able to just, you know how like in some shooters, people will just shoot at you from like across the entire map because they saw you once and they'll yeah. just like beeline for you forever. I feel like that's been addressed a little bit more than in past Call of Duty games. But I, I guess mm. you're always Which just supposed to kind of like barrel forward and kill people so that's maybe not noticeable or maybe is depending on how you play some of them are definitely are meant to be slower missions on purpose so and that extends to the multiplayer really the multiplayer is it's a lot slower than previous modern warfare games i would say it's pretty much back to call of duty 4 the original modern warfare from 2007 in terms of its speed and kind of stripping it back a little bit um so speed in terms of like I, player speed or like time to kill speed. speed or both 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 okay because so, Vanguard was insane. You'll spawn and die in like two seconds sometimes, depending on what you're doing. Time to kill. Way Vanguard was a ridiculous game looking back on it because it was a sequel to Modern Warfare. No, what was it called? Sequel to Call of Duty World War II from 2017. And then Vanguard was also World War II, but it was kind of not like the, the game that was called World War II was purposely slow and you'd expect it to be because it's from World War II. This game kind of had those guns and those skins, but it felt like it was more like Advanced Warfare, which is the hoodie I'm wearing right now, with Gorilla spelt wrong on the sleeve. Oh, no. Uh, Double L? Single L? How? Uh, I instead of a Y. Oh. Uh, amateurs. Sorry. Uh, but I still, it still fits. We'll forget that it's somewhat linked to Kevin Spacey. Ignore that part. He's not yeah, on fine. there at all. It's just you killed him in the end, um, didn't you? Uh, no spoilers, yeah, though. Yeah. Shit. Yeah, it's fine. Right. Uh, you're talking back about to back to time to kill and uh, stuff. Sorry, we're we're digressing. Yeah, so Vanguard I think was way too quick. Didn't really make sense. Didn't feel like a World War Two game. It felt like a World War Two skin on a, like a futuristic shooter. Um, yeah, so with like kill... bots and tools that were from modern warfare era. Sorry, mm -hmm. I'm you're talking and I should shut up. No, it's a conversation. Jump in. Um, definitely slower times kill. Slower movement in the sense of comparing it to Modern Warfare 1 in the, the sliding mechanics a bit slower, how you kind of move around just feels a little bit slower. Not drastically, uh, but you need to take your time. You're rewarded for kind of moving around corners a little bit slower than just sprinting around everywhere. Um, if you see an enemy and you take that fraction of a second to kind of line up your shot rather than just shooting straight away like you had to in Vanguard, you're more likely to have success. Um, and so I find it like a very rewarding call of duty it's if you'd stepped away from it and you used to play it you know 10 years ago 15 years ago even i think you were like this nice if you were well, really yeah because you and i were playing co-op like gun what was it called gun play gun, gun fight fight gun, gun and fight. we we would just get slapped and like i, I feel like most yeah. of that is that what you were just describing because if, if you it's not like you got the jump on someone you just happened to like have a split second reaction a little bit quicker just to like smash the mm. triggers or like maybe click on your mouse depending on what you're playing on and there's not a lot of skill in that it's just like who's got the faster reaction time 
Um, so if you have, if there's a little bit of a, a balance between skill, aiming, and reaction, I'm down for that because I'm getting older, uh, not younger. I, I don't know right, if you've well, noticed, but yeah. You will love the skill-based matchmaking, which I don't know why people talk about it so much because it's in every game. Like, it's going nowhere. It gets all this rage every time a game comes out. In theory, it's it makes sense. Like, it's not going to go anywhere. It's You should always be matched with people who are around your skill level. I do get it in that when you finally get good uh, and you move up a skill chain, basically, and then you're bad again, uh, that kind of puts people off because, like, you, you were feeling like you were getting better and then just when you should get rewarded, you're suddenly bad again. But, like, what's the alternative? You don't want to be in a game where you're getting whomped by someone who's just amazing. And you also don't really want to just be playing with plebs all the time. You want to kind of, you want to be challenged, but also successful. So I, I think it is the only way to go about it, really. Uh, I yep. don't know why I get so much discussion. Yeah, and I, I don't envy the people that have to decide how those systems work because you want to have fun in a game. And I'm sure there are people, there are people, obviously, who who cheat in everything with auto-aim and quick snap and all this mm. thing like i don't understand why winning without any actual effort on your part is enjoyable or rewarding so like the same goes for if you're being matched with people who are just like completely inept and you're god tier compared to them so it's like you're not having fun in that instance but then as soon as you go up to like you're the bottom of the rung of the tier you're in you will get stomped yeah. for a bit but also like they encourage you or they actively make you, they bring you up. get better yeah so it's it's probably frustrating but if, if you stick at it there's enjoyment to be found in bettering yourself but we just want we want Generally, immediate it work. rewards don't we yeah you can't all be at the top all the time essentially and that's not what you want um so yeah overall i think it's pretty good i think the gunplay is it's excellent like infinity war do it the best by far they know what they're doing they have all these customizations for their guns if you want to use it. Um, that's probably where you kind of start to see things go wrong because they had to disable that because it wasn't working and it was causing such issues. So as well as attachments, you may have to be able to tweak like every aspect of your gun, but they had to disable it like immediately. Um, and that's probably the side theme of this game in that there's some things which just are below the level we'd expect from a COD game at launch. They're all small, but it's things like that, like a major new feature like that being disabled on day two or something because there's causing too many issues. Um, being able to turn off crossplay on Xbox and PC, I think, not being an option. Like, that's weird not to be there. Barracks isn't there, which is all your stats. Like, this is a very stat-heavy game, and you can't look at your previous matches. That's like, a been weird thing that's happening of late. Like, Halo Infinite was done for that. Like, it's it's strange. And, he, and even, like, things getting rushed out and then having to be clawed back. Like, LeBron James isn't in yeah. multiverses right now. May is not in Overwatch right now. And before her was Torborn and Bastion. Like, it's just, how are these things not being picked up and tested well, before they come out? I did see a great retweet today in what might be our last week on Twitter because uh, someone there's a lot of like, why are these games getting released unfinished? And then the retweets just Call of Duty breaks all sales records. Top Call of Duty on PlayStation, top on Xbox, makes more money than any game has in its first three days in the COD series. That's why. Because they can still ship a pretty good game. It's just missing a few features you'd expect to be there. Uh, the maps are all pretty good except for the one shocker, like the... the border crossing mexico traffic one that sucks everything else is really good like they're made i don't think they're memorable they're not going to be remembered for years but they they're made for that 6v6 multiplayer and i think in trying to compete with battlefield 
Uh, everyone got a bit caught up in the we need to go ground war, we need to have the big maps, and they're still there, and they're good. They feel big. They don't need to compete with Battlefield. Battlefield because it basically dug its own no. grave. It's slowly getting out of that grave, but like, whoops. If you, if you want to play a good Battlefield game, go play Ground War in Modern Warfare 2. It's way better than whatever Battlefield's doing, if it even has any players at the moment. But I think in the last couple of games, I kind of forgot about the 6v6 is their bread and butter, and the maps should be designed for that. They shouldn't be chunked off from the bigger modes. And I think they've done that well this time. They've gone, here's some well-designed COD maps which suit that style of that speed of combat loop. Uh, and that's why I quite like it. So I think I'll play it for a while. And hopefully they iron out just some of those little things which aren't there, things that aren't working. Uh, maybe, I think there's about five maps which were announced which aren't actually there yet for various reasons. So whether they're holding them for some reason or whether they had issues as well, thinking it might be the latter based on the fact that its signature new mode wasn't available. Uh, yeah, overall good. The only other mode is co-op, which I haven't really played because we need to play it. It's a two-player only co-op. I tried to play with randoms, doesn't work. And Campaign or multiplayer? Because I'm fully not in Modern Warfare 2 yet. I'll, I'll admit it. it. It's not a... It's a third mode. Oh. It's a Spec Ops. Oh, okay, so cool. Two-player only online co-op. I think, again, another missing feature. The game says, like, add controller for split screen. And when you do add a controller, all the modes disappear. Like, so it's clearly meant to be available. It just isn't yet. Uh, you need Xbox Series Y to handle those frames or something. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, I'm in. I, I, I was talking to our intern, Ethan, today, and I'm very much... He's like, oh, you, you need to play online shooters and, and have skill. I'm like, I don't think you have to have skill. I think you can develop the skill. But I, I can develop the skill, and then I will quickly lose it. So when it came to Vanguard... I was close to level 50 mm. and that's an achievement. So I kind of just like stuck at it and ended up being pretty good at Vanguard. But then I gave it a week of break and then jumped back in and I just forgot whatever it was I was doing. The same thing applies to Halo Infinite. Like I was pretty good. I was like top-ish of the like the big team battle score lists. And then I went back in and people were like, stop playing, you suck. And I'm like, y you are correct. I forget how to do this. So I'll have to like hmm. book a time in maybe December to like properly just yeah. like jump into Call of Duty and and get back into how it works. Well, that's why you should play Spec Ops will be a good spot to start from that point of view because it's two player co-op against AI only and you're completing objectives. So okay. it's I mean it's it's a slaughter fest, but you at least you're going to get used to the the gunplay again and how to move and that type of stuff. So it would be a good spot to start. And there's no multiplayer achievements in this game. There's spec up achievements and there's campaign achievements. So you could actually get a thousand or the platinum trophy and never play a game of multiplayer. Well, there you go. And then you can just save yourself for Warzone, which is coming out soon. Warzone 2.0, I should say. Yeah, mid mid November. So this should all link in. The mechanics here should feed over one to one in Warzone. That's this whole thing. It's all unified and it should feel exactly the same, which makes total sense. It was a bit split up in previous games trying to adjust to the different scales. So uh, it should feel very similar and it should also feel very similar on PlayStation because old mate Phil Spencer said, as long as there's a PlayStation, Call of Duty will be on it. Should we buy Activision? This sounds like something he didn't necessarily want to say. It's just that they keep kind of alluding to, yeah, we'll keep it on PlayStation. And I think he might have been kind of had enough and he's got to the point of just being like, Forget it. Like it, it'll just stay on PlayStation. Like I couldn't be any clearer. The fact that he said, as long as there's a PlayStation, there will be a Call of Duty on PlayStation, which is at least suggesting that Call of Duty will outlast 
any console, which is probably true. I'm fully getting sick of this whole like antitrust stuff that's going on. Like Microsoft's like, well, we'll do, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll honor some stuff. And then Sony's like, this is the highest selling Call of Duty that's ever existed. So we're, we're not letting go of it without a fight. And then mm. Spencer's like, oh, we'll always have it on PlayStation. And then now, you know, like now it's, even when it's on Xbox, if it gets, if the acquisition goes through, like there's existing PlayStation agreements, which means, Call of Duty is not going to be on Game Pass for a while. Like, it's just all such a... Just play Call of Duty on whatever you want to play it on, because it's going to be like that for a while, and eventually it'll be free for Xbox as part of your subscription, but, like, don't hold your breath on when that's going to happen, if it happens at all. And if it doesn't happen, guaranteed Sony will drop all of the money ever to make this, like, one of the only at-launch third-party releases that is on PlayStation Plus extras and premium day one mm. watch this oh, space because yeah. it's, it's only going to get more interesting if you like court reporting i suppose i don't i just want this deal to be done so that we can move on with it and to be honest i think xbox will do a better job of running activision than activision do they're not doing a great job at the moment they just make cod only essentially they've left all anyway we don't need to get into that yeah, we, we talked about it so many times there's no progress uh, We're running long on time anyway, so let's let's keep moving on. Uh, we both, I mm. think, played the Resident Evil Village Winter's Expansion. It's like a two-hour piece yep. of content. Um, it introduces third-party mode, really, um, and you can put third-party mode in Village itself. I've, I have I don't know if you could play in first-person with the DLC, but I played in third-person because I so. wanted to anyway. Um, and you can do that in Village, but I didn't bother checking how that worked. Uh it like it was okay like this is why there's not going to be a resident evil village 2 or resident evil 9 with this continuing story because it's kind of petered out to be honest like they're regurgitating yeah. 7 and 8 stuff there's weird powers that don't quite work and if you had to play a whole like 8 10 20 hour game around it i don't think it would work very well and i'm a resident evil fan so what did you think about it ben I think this is almost exclusively for you. Like, it's a pretty <laughs> slow story to start. Like, if you're not super into Resident Evil, it's nowhere near as gripping as pretty much every other Resident Evil game. Like, it's pretty... I mean, Rose is not a very compelling character. The daughter, the now teenage daughter of Ethan from Resident Evil Village. Uh, it's... Yeah, and it, it... Turning it to third-person mode changes the entire dynamic, and it feels more like one of the recent remakes than it does Resident Evil Village. Like, it doesn't feel like that at all. And I don't know if it's a suggestion that they might go back to making games like this rather than the first-person style, but it feels totally different, um, and it feels kind of a bit dated to play. And then it was, yeah, it just it wasn't super gripping from a... Well, not at all from a story point of view. Like, they don't really explain anything of why this is all... Why we're doing this. It's a very short little tidbit... Um, over she wants to remove these powers that she has and okay um yeah it's just it's it's hard to get into um yeah i'm not sold on it. i think it's just for the hardcore resident evil fans i don't even know if it's for them but uh yeah i i get where you're coming from i think i like third person better i have a weird problem with first person and that i must have some kind of like spatial awareness issues where like just i don't quite do things right in first person or like i think i'm, I'm just clunkier in general wherein mm. I'm, a, I'm a very like right person to like just whip the camera around in third person to get an idea of what's happening and i'm generally more comfortable playing games in that mindset 
Uh, it's like 20 bucks. It adds 190 gamer score, I think, randomly. Uh, I've, of course, now wow. completed that DLC and all the achievements in uh, Village and in Biohazard Village Z version because, yes, I did buy the Japanese and you, version and for you, extra gamer you score. you still don't. You played that much Resident Evil and you're still not that into it. So that probably says more about this game than we ever could. Well, the end this of Village, DLC. not to spoil it, goes into like a here's 16 years in the future. And you're like, what is happening? Yeah. And this is where this DLC picks up. And it's just like, uh, could you get back to like Chris and Jill and, and Leon and stuff like the the main story? Um, and I think I think yeah. with all of the stuff coming, like four, obviously, and you know fans continuing to clamor for code veronica i think that's where capcom's gonna go uh so chris will be back to punching boulders instead of mold in in theory anyway uh let's quickly finish up with some subscription chat in your words ben Mm. um a whole bunch of stuff coming out about about both game pass and and playstation plus i guess we'll start with game pass uh it's it's profitable i think it was it like 15 percent of their overall revenue from my yeah, Xbox or something? Pretty much everyone's just been saying that Game Pass must be losing money. It's a lost leader. They're just trying to get subs in, basically, and then they're going to hike the price. Half of that may be true in that they've Phil came out and pretty much said, no, it makes money now. But he didn't then did say, at some point, with rising costs, we're going to have to put prices of things up. Now, some people took that to think that he meant consoles because he also said that he, they lose about 100 to 200 US on every Xbox sold. Uh, and they expect to make that back on accessories and things. Or it could be Game Pass. Maybe both. Now, he definitely said it's not going to happen this year after making fun of Sony for doing it. Or not making fun of, kind of being disappointed. It was kind of like a disappointed dad to Sony being like, well, we think this is the wrong time to put the price up for consoles without ruling it themselves. Um, what do you think? Do you think the price arc is going to come in the near I, future? I think Spencer basically said after the holiday season, one of three or all of three or some combination therein of prices is going up. And and I think you hit two of them. I don't know if you said games, mm. but that could be the other one. So like one right now, games are $60 uh, American, which is, I don't know, a hundred dollars here. And they can yeah. maybe go up to $70 us, which is akin to like the, I don't know in Australia, it's weird. It's between like one ten and one twenty five, depending on who we're talking about. Um, so that's one it's one avenue. everyone except sorry. exactly there's the hardware stuff that could go up and accessories controllers da 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 and the other one is the mm. price of Xbox Game Pass and like I feel like we're all expecting Game Pass to go up soon or I guess at the very least like the end of free subscriptions for a month if you're buying this or like a dollar subscription if you're doing this but I feel yeah. like it, like if anything goes up that's the first thing to increase Mostly because that's the thing that has the most value that I would be okay with paying more for, to be honest, because of what I've gotten out of it. What do you think? I agree. I think that's what they put up. They put up Game Pass. I think maybe to soften the blow, that's when we've already talked about their family and friends plan. Um, They might also bring in potentially an annual subscription, which PlayStation does, Xbox doesn't at the moment, where maybe you save a little bit if you're buying a year up front. So it's possible to stack it at the moment if you get codes and upgrades and things. Like I think I've got at least a year to go. Uh, so it can be done clearly from a technical point of view. So I think maybe they bring that in to soften it a bit. But that's the obvious thing, absolutely. Unless promotions giving it away, like they're giving away three months on Twitch again this month, like less of that. 
Um, mm. Now they have more people in. Yeah, maybe games. I'd forgotten about games because I don't really buy them. Like you just have Game Pass, right? So you don't need to buy a Microsoft games. So maybe that's less of an incentive for them than Sony. And then hardware, I, I don't think they'll do hardware. They were so adamant on like, we don't need to. And they, they need people. They're still third in line for console sales. So I think they really need, they need to get consoles in houses as much as they're very much a, you can play on whatever device you want type of area. It's still Xbox console is their main place. They're getting players. So it just, it wouldn't make sense to me. If anything, keep the price of the, the X the same and drop the price of the Series S whenever they can. Yeah. Well, I guess going off what you said about the console, I think Xbox is is console, but obviously they're they're making a, not making a huge push. I guess Sony's probably making more of a huge push into PC than, than of late. Mm. Xbox has always been, well, has been PC for a lot longer. That's where I was trying to get. Uh, PC Game Pass yeah. subscriptions are pretty high. Um, but like it's 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 a weird mix. Like you, you see the list of things coming out on console and PC. It's generally the same. There's probably more things on PC that are, are more niche and kind of, um, in my opinion, more. I'd be more inclined to try those some of those games than the ones on console. So I get why maybe people on PC are giving it a, a punt. Um, but I guess ultimately Spencer did admit as well that like 2022 is kind of bust in terms of Xbox first party releases. Um, we, Hmm. what did we get? Uh, horizon five. That was last year. No, see, I don't even remember. Uh, no, well, I guess Deathloop kind of counts, but not really because that was on PS5. I can't think of an Xbox game that came out. I really can't. Uh, that'll be out. So that's not even out yet. That's yeah. They they in terms of like actual big AAA games, which is what the promise was. One of those per quarter, and then I think around that, your smaller Battletoads type of level games to kind of pad it out a little bit, for lack of a better term. Uh, and they've pretty much done neither. Like it's just been a series of nothing. And they've got some okay games to come into battle, uh, to come into Game Pass. But yeah, well, and they, they're mostly they Bethesda want... ones. We're talking Redfall. We're talking Starfield. Mm. Like, what's the next Xbox game coming out? maybe forza motorsport yeah but i mean their xbox games from the point of view of their launching day one game pass yeah but yeah you're right had they not bought bethesda they would be in a pretty shoddy way but they were meant to be this year's game so you kind of assume there's a few things we don't know about for the back end of next year they're both first half of 23 i think forza motorsport might be as well like that's been there's no forza motorsport available to buy so they can't keep that off too much longer there's just there's no option out there um so my worry would be they kind of stack next year. The stuff that's meant to ship next year does ship. And then 24, they have another we're way behind again. And there's just a year of nothing. They can't let that happen. They just need to get stuff out. Sony manages to do it with less studios. Or do they have less studios? Maybe I'm thinking ahead when they have Activision, they'll have less. But they're maybe similar at the moment. Uh, so they don't have an issue. Nintendo punches out games basically monthly. Admittedly, <laughs> they're smaller scale. They're easier to make. But they, they're still fun to play for the most part. So like... Going, you know, you're not going to have 12 like Nintendo do a year, more or less. And some of them they buy, like Bayonetta, they don't make them all themselves. Some of them they outsource. Xbox coming in with none is it's just it's not yeah. going to help oh. your subscription service. We're a week away from God of War Ragnarok, which will like dictate the discourse for the next two months plus. Yeah. And Xbox, like, like at the very least, I guess, good on them for admitting that they have nothing to counter that. So I guess well, and we're, we're just at the point we're at the point now where consoles are maybe just becoming available to buy 
Now, it's not going to last long because they're all going to be bought for Christmas if your mortgage hasn't gone up too much. Uh, and the thing is, if you're, if you're picking between am I going to get an Xbox or am I going to get a PlayStation, boom, got a war. Of course you'd pick a PlayStation. If it was a, around one specific game this year, there's no contest. So as much as Xbox can be saying, oh, we might have to raise prices or whatever soon, you've got to get some games first, mate. Like, and I think they know that. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like, what are you going to buy? Is What's the system yeah. seller? Halo Infinite? That's right. Because that didn't work out very well. Um, it's not all good news for uh, for PlayStation, though, because PlayStation Plus has lost, in the last three months or so, I think, about 2 million subscribers. Um, it, I, I guess it's kind mm. of on the cusp of all this change from PlayStation Plus to Essentials ex- Extra and Premium and what, in our case, Deluxe, which I keep forgetting about. It is a confusing system. I think maybe that's hindered some of these subscriptions. The other thing, I guess, to keep in consideration is that the EU regulation um, affected Sony and Microsoft and Nintendo. And in Sony's case, Mm. I think if people didn't, if they were lapsed when they're, or like inactive when their subscription lapsed and would normally renew, I think they just didn't renew. But I don't think that accounts for 2 million subscriptions. I think it's the other thing, I guess, really, that's a problem is there's not a lot of value in my mind right now in PlayStation plus above essentials because I was hanging on for those classics like Resident Evil from the PS1 era. And that was one of the last ones that we ever got. That was a launch classic. And I think you've lamented yeah. about this too. Like there's just not a lot coming out to justify the extra cost. Is is that why you think people are lapsing or what do you think makes up this gap? I think it's maybe part of it. I think some people who were essential thought, yeah, I'll try for a month. And they and you could do that. You could jump up. And that's they obviously have the, the yearly cost, which is cheaper to try to lock you in, which is what I foolishly done because I barely played any of them. The same reason. They they kind of sold it to us and we're going to have new games every month. And they do add new PS4 games. They don't add new classics. Like we've had basically, I think essentially, maybe like one or two PS2 and PS1 and PSP games added. Which is like Nintendo do more than that with their terrible two Nintendo 64 games a month or one game a month. It's like that's not good enough either. But to be fair, there's only like 25 and 64 games that are still playable. So they they give you any more than that, they have none to release. Um, there are so many PS1 games, so many PS2 games. The problem with PS2 that I have is they released what 30, 40 odd on the PS4 store. And it's just those games, again, they're releasing. They're not doing any work to them. They're just releasing those PS4 versions of PS2 games that already have trophies and they're upscaled already. Why are there so many which are not already in this service? And if they were going to, like, farm them out slowly, why are they adding none? Yeah. Anyway. Well, and I own RE1, RE2, and RE3 on PS1. On PS3, (laughs) I think. And when, and, like, I had the, the right subscription tier just to get it when they put out Resident Evil 1 again. But because I've already purchased mm. those, I just get them again. But I, it, that's still reliant upon Sony actually releasing them to the public, and I just want those very badly. They don't seem interested. They seem, yeah, they seem more... They're okay with the extra catalog. I think that's decent enough. It's close to Game Pass without the new releases, but that doesn't have new releases either. So that's it's close-ish. Um, yeah, I think it's that. I think a lot of people may have tried, and then they decided this is actually not that great, so they cancelled. I think maybe it, because it kind of renewed and they had to email everyone saying PlayStation Plus is changing, there might have been people who were just on Essential for years, not really kind of realizing, hey, I never play these games that come out every month and I don't really play online anymore. <laughs> and the and quality of those games has dropped considerably in this revamp as yeah. well. So there's no real, well, unless you want to play but something from 2008 yeah. or something. 
They've dropped down to kind of low level barrel, but Xbox has gone below the barrel. To be oh straight. yeah, they're Xbox is out. equally as games awful. with gold is. Oh no, they're much worse. They're pointless. I don't even know what games the games are, are so... anymore. Like I don't recognize yeah, them. So yeah, exactly. Because everything's in they're these both libraries bad, now. But much worse. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think a lot of people may have looked at it and kind of realized, well, games cost more. They're now 125 bucks. I'm better off just canceling this thing, which I never use. And like we've talked about in a past episode, like you get to a point where you have too many subscriptions. Like we just canceled Binge because we the whatever Game of Thrones show that we were apparently were watching is finished. Not called Game of Thrones anymore. The different one. House uh, of the Dragon. So like, well, we can... That's it. That's it. Uh, we should know that on such a, a nerdy show. <laughs> uh, I don't watch it. Yeah, I, don't, like I don't do fantasy. So... Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Sci-fi only. Noted. <laughs> but yes, so look, there's too many subscriptions. I think that's part of it. People changing how they formatted it and how they sold it to people probably made at least a million of those two million realize I don't need this anymore. It's probably just that. Yeah, I think like yeah, if you if you and if you want with Xbox, if you want to get the new Halo or the new Forza or the new well, there's not much else coming out, but if you want those new games instead of dropping $100, $110, you just pay your subscription. Even mm. in the case of God of War Ragnarok, paying the premium subscription tier does not give you that game. It gives you a demo to that game. So I would be better off not spending that money and buying the God of War and The Last of Us and if the, that's what whatever else yeah. comes out. And I think that's what people are doing. I think that's the, I think that's the biggest hit in that $2 million gap. But I, I think it will continue to... F- Go two ways. They'll either kind of show that games launch into the subscription service, like say twelve or eighteen months. Like there's a clear pattern, and people will kind of be able to like you can kind of do with EA Play. You kind of see that's when the games come, but for some reason Battlefield didn't. Uh, people would then maybe see value in it, knowing like right, I can I must have got a war now, so I buy that. But I can hold off playing Horizon for eighteen months. I'm not as into that that much, so I'll just buy one and I'll keep my subscription with the other money, which is about the same cost. Um, if they don't do that, if they take years to put new games in there, if it's like erratic and there's no obvious pattern, like why is something like Ratchet and Clank, which is nearly, it's getting towards two years old, that's not in there, um, or getting towards, no, it came out this year, last year, whenever it came out, maybe 18 months old, like that's not there. There's no clear pattern yet. I think once that's either established or not established, people will either subscribe because of that or they'll jump off being like, just what you said, I might as well just buy the games I want. Sony doesn't seem to be alarmed by this two million gap. They seem like I think they're a little bit more annoyed that they've only sold twenty five million PlayStation fives because of probably supply chain issues and lack of availability. So they're 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 not worried about the PlayStation Plus thing. They're worried about getting more PS fives on shelves. So clearly, people yeah. are spending enough money on Plus. People are still buying these first party games day one. Like Sony's not worried so far. Um, and we could talk about this for another two hours, but we're not going to anymore. We have to stop because this is a short fact-based non end of the episode exactly how do we find you on the internet ben salter well at the moment i'm ben underscore salter on twitter with no verification tick and i won't be buying one at least this week maybe you're gonna have to buy to be on there at some point maybe it'll be subscription only uh and then i'll definitely be out where do we find you you're not claiming that on survivor's expenses just before you even try to float that. Uh, I am currently, I guess, mm. maybe on Twitter at SWriteAU and other social media platforms, mostly owned by Meta, which I also really don't like, to be honest. Um, the day that this goes live, I will have my review of the chant up in the evening Ooh. because it's, it's still under embargo. I can't tell you anything about it. 
Um, but go and check it out. Uh, my review is well, well worth a read. Uh, and that's it before I say something that I shouldn't. So uh, we will see you next week. <laughs>